Are you serious? I've got a Hello friends, welcome, welcome one more time to the Brother Marcos Radio Show. I am your host, Brother Marcos, speaking to you from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And, my friends, we are here. If, you, if you're new to the show, beware, this is a Christian show. This is a show where we glorify the name of Jesus Christ and... Uh, you know, we bring the good news, the message of salvation to the people, to the salvation, reconciliation with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for your sins at the cross. If you haven't received the supreme gift of the universe, it's time for you to do that right now. We also, my friends, we also discuss uh, many um, situations and news that, that really have an effect on our Christian living. And, uh, and I'll tell you, we have been discussing this uh, in, the last, in the last show about, we're, we're discussing about the Beatitudes, okay? The Beatitudes that are found in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, some people consider that to be the, the climax, you know, the, the best, most important passage in the, the whole Bible. I'll tell you, if it's, if it's not the, the most important, it's one of the most important, and you should be, uh, you know, uh, very knowledgeable about that. You should read the Sermon of the Mountain, On the Mount, uh, it's you can it's found in Matthew 5 starting at verse 3 okay and we have discussed the four first beatitudes okay and now in the second show we're going to discuss the last four they are eight in total okay but before we begin my friends uh i think we should uh, we should try to understand how important those Beatitudes are, okay? Because, you know, the first four Beatitudes, they, they, they deal with our need of God. They deal with our need of God, okay? If you remember, we were discussing the, you know, the, the, the blessings. The blessings for the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, we discussed in our last show, it's all about humility. It's all about being submissive to God. Being poor in spirit doesn't mean, you know, that their spirit is doing something wrong. That No. It means you do not have spiritual, spiritual power on your own. You need to borrow that power from God. That's what being poor in the spirit means, okay? It took me a long time to figure it out. Okay, but that that's the meaning of the the, the whole the whole uh, sentence here. Okay, so our poverty, my friends, is spiritual. Our most important need is God. Without God, we are totally insufficient. We are weak. We're good for nothing. That's why Jesus said, you know, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, apart from me, you cannot, you can do nothing. And this is so true. Unfortunately, my friends, as we see in, in, in the world today, it's a, a absolutely the contrary of what the Christian leaders are doing. Okay, what we see right now is people calling themselves apostles. Oh yes, the guy gives himself the title of an apostle. And, uh, you know, and he doesn't pay the price. He doesn't, does not pay the price that the real apostles did. You know, the apostles, I mean, the definition of an apostle is a, is a person who had direct contact with Jesus Christ when he was here on earth, incarnate. Okay? With exception of the apostle Paul, but the apostle Paul, you know, he had contact with Jesus too, and he was appointed an apostle by Jesus himself. And he paid, you know, a great price for that. He paid with his life. But those guys, you know, they think that they they have all the power themselves. They they are not poor in spirit. They think that their spirit is on fire. They are powerful. They can do whatever they want. It's the power of self, which is the opposite of the power of the spirit. Okay, from God. Yes, my friends, and, and that's the world we are living in. It's the world we're living in. Okay, we have people that think that, that, that religion, you know, their organizations will save the world. We, we, we can think about Rick Warren, his peace plan. You know, he thinks he can partner with, with rock, rock stars and with the United Nations, and they're going to fix the world. Just like the people from Kabbalah say, the people from Kabbalah, they say that they are little gods. They must help God to fix all the problems. Because they are little gods themselves. You know, this is absolutely the contrary of what Jesus said in the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You recognize that you're, you're really nothing apart from God? You're not Rick Warren. You're not going to save the world. Okay? And my friends, I'll tell you, those things... You know, people start to behave with this kind of uh, of attitude, you know, that they're so great, they can do everything. And I'll, I'll tell you, five minutes later, they start dealing with heresies. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's cause and consequence, okay? It really, one thing leads to another, that's what happens. We see here. We see Billy Graham, uh, the, the son of Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, that guy that makes almost one million dollars a year in salary, to supposedly preach the gospel. Okay, he does preach the gospel now and then, but they mix it with politics and uh, you know, social justice and things like that. But you know, now he says that the Catholicism is great. That they are in line with the Bible. Oh yes, that they are defending the faith of the Bible. That's what he said this week. How can you trust a man like that? You know, because you know the Catholics, they are siding with him. Because actually he's doing campaign for Trump, okay? I have nothing against Trump. I think that, you know... In the current state of affairs, he's the best alternative, the least of two evils. But anyway, because the Catholics, they were supporting Trump, he said, no, I'm confident, you know, that the Catholics, they're supporting 
the message of Jesus is great what they are doing. I mean, come on, the Catholics. You know, and we see here the other side is the same thing. The vice president for, for Hillary, Tim Kaine. He, sa- he also says he's a Catholic, okay? And you know what he said? He, sa- he predicted that the Catholic Church would eventually change its views on same-sex marriage. He said, my support for marriage equality now, my full, complete, unconditional support for marriage equality is at odds with the current doctrine of the Church. I still attend. But I think that's going to change. You know, I think it's going to change because my church also teaches me about a creator in the first chapter of Genesis. Okay, Mr. Tim Kane, Jesuit. In the first chapter of Genesis, it says, it also says that God created man, male and female, Adam and Eve. So you're not reading your Bible, okay? You're making a mess you're a confused person have lots of confusion in your mind in your brain okay and he said pope francis famously said who am i to judge okay who am i to challenge god for the beautiful diversity of the human family he says he has a deep catholic faith and it has a tremendous part of his life so you see my friends Frankly, Graham thinks Catholicism is great, that they support the Bible, that they are great, great doctrine, okay? And Tim Kaine, you know, this guy's a Jesuit. You know, you know, you already know if you listen to this show that Jesuits, you really don't need to be a priest, okay? To be involved in the Jesuit order. You can be a layman, okay? You can... Uh, you do your, you know, you say your oath, okay? Which is one thing that the Bible forbids you to do. But they don't care about the Bible. So they will say their oaths to the Jesuit order. And you work for the Jesuit order as an executive, as an as a politician, as a judge, okay? That's how it works. And you help to advance their agenda. And what is the agenda of the Jesuits? Is to destroy all the heretics. It's to destroy Protestants. It's to destroy the evangelicals. And it's to bring back everybody under the submission to the Pope. That's in their oath, my friends. And that's, that's who this Tim Kaine is. He's a Jesuit, okay? Some people say that he has ties with the CIA. I don't know. But, you know, that, that's the kind of people that we have here. And maybe, he, you know, he may become the next president if uh, Hillary is elected and then she dies because, you know, she's almost dead already. But who knows? Maybe they can keep her alive for one more year. And then this Tim Kaine, Jesuit, a friend of Pope Francis, he may be the next president. And then he's going to push for his church to accept the same-sex marriage. So, my friends, I guess the message here is that you cannot trust Christian leadership these days. Okay? If you have, you know, if you attend a church where your pastor is a good pastor that preaches the word, takes care of the flock, I mean, 
just raise your hands up high and praise the Lord because you know you were fortunate pe person because this is very rare today okay support that man you know support him in all the ways that you can because he's an exception these days because most people are like those guys going to to Israel right now right now okay this week this week we we can we can read here in the the website breaking israel news and several other websites okay i'm going to post this in the facebook page you can go to the fifth hook media facebook page and also facebook.com/brothermarcosradio that's my Facebook page. You can contact me also at brothermarcosradio at gmail.com. But I'm going to post this, this article there. There is an interfaith and spiritual gathering of Christians, Jews, and Muslims in Jerusalem this September, okay? And, and you know what they're doing? They're building a temple, a church for all religions there in Jerusalem, okay? So we are seeing the new world religion of the Antichrist being created right in front of our eyes, my friends. Okay? A house of prayer for all believers. Part of the 2016 Mekudeshet festival that is going to take place in September from the 4th to 23rd. An initiative created by Jerusalem Season of Culture to bring together the world's major faiths who share belief in one God and a boundless love for Jerusalem to dialogue, study, sing and pray together in one house of worship. You see, my friends, we do not worship the same God than the Muslims because the Muslims, they worship the demonic moon God, Allah. He was just one of the 365 idols in the Kaaba, in Mecca, okay? Yes, my friends, they used to have 365 idols there. One for each day of the year. So if you were like, you know, a nomad, a merchant, an Arab in a caravan with your camels, you stop it there and you say, well, let's see, today is September the 15th. So let's see which idol should I worship right now. I will give offerings to the idol of September 15th. Okay? And one of those idols was Allah. Did you know that Allah had two daughters in that Kaaba? The idol had two daughters? Oh, yeah. Two goddesses. Right, my friends. I'm telling you the truth. So this is not the same God as God, Jehovah, the creator of the universe that we serve. And I'll tell you, the Jews, they do not worship God Jehovah, but they worship the Einsof, the God of the Kabbalah, a God that is impersonal, that doesn't talk, doesn't talk to his, with his creation. It's just a cosmic bubble, a force, a God of forces. Okay, just like what the Bible says, the Antichrist, we worship a God of forces, Yes, a god of force, just like Star Wars. That's the Einsof. So we cannot get together with Muslims and Jews because we do not share a belief in one God. This is a lie. 
they have different gods, okay? Artists, actors, musicians, and media figures from around the world are expected to participate in the event. Yes, they're all together there. And you know, the president of, of Israel was there. The president of Israel was there to receive, to welcome all these priests here. There's, you know, the, the, the picture here of those guys. He was there. It's so important for them that the president of Israel was there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, 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 the page here, it's all, in, uh, it's all in Hebrew, but you can translate easily today, these days. It's here. They have uh, you know, people from all around the world, world you know, from Africa, from Asia, you know, and the music and everything. So, my friends, some some Christians, they're still worshiping Israel, okay? They think that Israel is wonderful, that Israel, everything that Israel does is great. But I'll tell you, my friends, they're deep into sin and rebellion against God. That's You know what the Bible says about these today's Israel? the country that we have today, it's Sodom and Egypt. Okay? Stay away from the Judaizers, okay? Because they're all around the Christians these days. I see here that, I mean, it's amazing, guys. If you see here the, the, the webpage, I, I see here a Muslim Sufi, an occultist, dancing with a long... A dress that they have in you know, that, that you know that they 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 dance and they they spin around, they whirl, like like uh, you know, trying to get into a trance. Muslim final ceremony that includes prayer, dance, and mantras. Yes, they they're gonna have that. Isn't that great? You can sign up here in the website. Okay, communal. Prayers, joint prayers. That's the religion of the Antichrist. So that's, my friends, why we have to go back to the Bible. And that's why you cannot depend on anybody these days. You have to check. What I'm, what I'm telling you here right now, go to the Bible and check if I'm saying something stupid or if I'm, I, I, I'm following the Bible. You have to do that all the time. Because deception is everywhere. And I'll tell you, my friends. I'll tell you what I believe, okay? That's my opinion. The Bible, Bible talks about the need of the restrainer to be removed before the Antichrist will appear, okay? But what I believe is that the restrainer, and the restrainer is controlled by God himself, whatever it is, if it's the church, if it is you know, the Holy Spirit, it is controlled by God himself. And God is just removing this restrainer little by little. It's not going to be something sudden, in my opinion. I mean, the final push, that will be sudden, okay? When God says, enough, let the restrainer go and let the Antichrist arise. But, meanwhile, the restrainer is being removed 
step by step, inch by inch, little by little, okay? And why? Because you were living through a process of separation of goats and sheep. Goats to the left, sheep to the right. Yes, my friends, that's what's happening in the past. There was a Christian culture that permeated everything. So lots of people who were not saved, they were not real believers, but they were submissive to the culture. They were able to hide themselves and their unbelief under the Christian culture of the day. Okay? So life was easier because, you know, there was this unanimity in the culture. People followed the Christian principles. But now it's like you're a goat. You don't have to follow the church, you know, in a cultural way. You can do your own thing. Okay? You can behave. You can be faithful to your heart. If your heart is wicked, you can behave like a wicked person. You do not need anymore to hide and pretend you are a good Christian. You can show your true colors right now. That's the world we're living in. People are coming out of the closet. Isn't, isn't it what they're talking about right now all the time? They're coming out. They can be whoever they want to be. Okay? So you see, my friends, I think it, it's a transparent age we are living in and that's why we see so many despicable people around I was on, on Facebook this week and I was like reading the comments of, of people who support abortion it's like they're laughing they're laughing ha 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 yes I support abo abortion I don't think it's a person I only think really I think about my life you know, I don't think about nothing can really hinder my life. I, can, I, I need to do what I need to do. I mean, they're not shy anymore. They're not shy. They want to do what they want to do. Okay? And it's hard for a Christian to live in a world like that. Because we're, we are like living like Lot. You know, the cousin of uh, Abraham who used to live in Sodom and, and Gomorrah, our hearts are like saddened, are crushed by seeing so much wickedness all around us. It's horrible to live just watching evil, evil, evil all around us. But that's the way it is, my friends, because we're living in the end days, in the last times, we're seeing the, the, the global apostasy. And that's why we have to go back to the Bible and, and really check again and again and again how Jesus wants me to live. Let me see. That's why I stop it, you know, discussing false religions, Gnosticism, the things that we talk about in the show. And I'm, I'm trying to go back to the Bible for a while because we need that right now, okay? Very well, we're going to stop for a minute, and uh, when we come back, we will discuss the four last Beatitudes. The ebook Christianity of Blasphemy, a new Gnostic lie by Paul and Linda Villanueva, is an urgent warning for every Christian. 
It exposes the sinister plan to blend a form of ancient Gnosticism with Christianity, thus creating a new Gnostic lie that will deceive many. This new form of Christianity is already among us and on the rise. It is imperative to educate yourself and everyone you love. Once again, the ebook is a prophetic and dire warning. Christianity of Blasphemy, a new Gnostic lie, is available as a download from all online digital retailers such as Amazon and iBooks. Other formats for reading on your computer or printing it out are available at fifthhookmedia.com. F I F T H O O K media.com. Please do not be caught unaware, sleeping or in the dark, as this demonic deception creeps into the church and destroys what is left of true biblical Christianity. Go to fifthhookmedia.com right now to get your ebook and start preparing yourself against this demonic delusion. All right, we are back from the commercial break and uh, my friends, let, let's let's really think about the four first beatitudes, okay? We started with uh, blessed are the poor in spirit and then we have the second one uh, we have the sec second one right here okay blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted okay we we discussed that that the that, that, you know the role that that suffering has in the life of the believer the way that it helps you stop being proud prideful okay and and really gives you a perspective of the reality Because when you mourn, you really realize that the world is a bad place, okay? And you identify with other people who are mourning too, so it's important. And then we have the third beatitude, the meek, okay? The third blessing. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, okay? And, and this has a lot to do with submission, okay? You forget about your own power, about your own ability to do things. You're not tough anymore. You're not like this guy who, you know, uh, you know, Americans say the go-getter, go-getter. I go there and I get it. Okay, I do it. I'm th tough, all right? So no, you put yourself in submission. You really don't use your own strengths to get ahead in the world. You know, you're not like those people who step on the, neck of other people in order to get ahead oh no my friends we are submitted to god because jesus was meek all right basically all the beatitudes their intention is that we copy we mimic the characteristics of god himself because god wants us to be just like jesus that's the whole idea here okay and finally the fourth The fourth beatitude is a blessing for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Okay? If you are spiritually hungry, my friends, is that is is that is is because you you want, you desire the righteousness of God. Okay? We are blessed when that need fuels our mind and it becomes a yearning, a desire, strong desire. Okay, it's all about what, what we're talking about. We see horrible things all around us, but we desire the peace of God. We desire His harmony. We desire 
his love, his compassion, all those things, okay, they comprise the righteousness that we hunger for. Yes, my friends, those are those are the first four beatitudes, and they all have a common thread of need. Okay, this is a concept from uh, <clears throat> a book from A. W. Tozer. The book is called The Mind of Christ, and he has this great insight. He says, you know, the first four beatitudes, they are related to the way we uh, relate to God. Okay. The, the, our relationship with God and basically they show that we as human beings we have a need of God himself in our lives okay the four first because you know the poor in spirit they need God because they cannot do anything by themselves we need we repent we repent about our, the failure that we are spiritually okay the mourners, they need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Okay, He's the one who takes away the hostility, bitterness because of suffering. and give, He gives us comfort. All right? and, and we need that. The meek also, they need God. They need God. They need others. Okay? This quality eliminates the spirit of independence. All right? And those who hunger and thirst, they need the righteousness of Christ to be complete, to be fulfilled. Okay? We need, we seek for that. So, you know, my friends, the four Beatitudes, they show us our need of God and His attributes. Okay? And His relationship with us. We need that. And the, the second four Beatitudes, they are more outward. It's the way that we relate with other people, okay? It, it, it's much like, uh, you know, first we get this resources from God in the four beati first Beatitudes, and then we share those resources with other people in the four last Beatitudes, you know? First you receive, and then you give, the, give it away. That's the way it works. You know, you receive from God. It's not only to, you know, you, you, you won't keep it with you. You know, remember the parable of the talents. God really doesn't like people who just hoards, hoard the, the talents and the wealth and spiritual blessings with them. You're supposed to share those blessings with other people. And that's what the four last Beatitudes are all about. And in this way, when we do that, we become like Christ. Okay? We are in an atmosphere of projecting the image of Christ to the world in a positive way. Because Christ himself, he's merciful, he's pure, he's peacemaking and persecuted. Okay? So let's start. The, the first of the four last. Should, should I say the first of the four last or the fifth? <laughs> It's the fifth beatitude, the merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Okay? It's the way that, you know, we show the mind of Christ to other people. Okay? That, that's the way we do it. Okay? Merciful. Mer mercy, my friends, is not really 
giving the punishment that people deserve. So it, it it's all about forgiveness if you think about it. Okay? And in this world people are so selfish, they're so mean that they are gonna hurt you. They're gonna hurt you. You know, it's impossible to live in this world and not be insulted and not be hurt by other people. You know, some pop sometimes people will steal things from you. People will badmouth you. People will insult you. So, you know, when you when you have mercy, you decide I'm not going to give pay back what they deserve. And you know why this is important? You know, because it promotes peace. Okay, because every time that you're thinking about payback and revenge, I mean, come on, you know, that those things, they really take over your heart and that's all you think about for some time, for a time. And, uh, and then you're not thinking about good things. You're not thinking about God. You're not thinking about being better, treating other people in the right way. Okay, so that, that's, you know, Jesus Christ was merciful. Because we deserve hell. And he said, no, I'm going to help them. I'm going to, you know, go down there, incarnate, (laughs) you know, and and pay for the sins of those people. So that's what we have to do, my friends. Let's learn what the mercy of God is. Let's have compassion. Let's forgive those who wrong us. That's the whole of the Christian life. It's a very, very difficult thing to do, I'll tell you. Very difficult, okay? The second one, the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And this is also difficult because, you know, what, what, it, what it is to be pure in heart. It's abstain from evil. And evil is all around us. It's all around us. But you have to keep our hearts pure. Okay, we have to give our hearts wholly to God, wholly to God. You know, like like David, David in First Kings, eleven, the Bible tells us that David's heart was wholly devoted to God. So, my, my friends, this this means you know, uh, there's an aspect of quantity. There's an aspect you know that you give it all to God, but also, you know, uh, all the time. You are you are thinking about God. What God wants me to do, you know. I think I, you know. Okay, it may be a little silly, you know. Those those bracelets. What would Jesus do? But that's what you have to be thinking about all the time, before you make a decision, because you, before you take some action, think about it. What would Jesus do in this situation? Or what would Jesus like me to do? Because we have responsibility about what the things we do in this life. Okay? And uh, and my friends, I'll tell you, put yourself in the right place. The problem is that we think about our plans and our actions. We're just like, you know, I'm like Franklin Grant. Franklin Grant wants to get one million people together praying or in this big event. And then every things gonna change and you know my friends that's not the way it works god is much more interested in our hearts than our performance 
Okay, because if your heart is not in the right place, everything that you're going to do, first of all, you're going to do things in the wrong way. You won't have the wisdom to do the right thing. Okay, you're going to do stupid things. You will end up like Franklin Graham, praising the Catholics for their great doctrine. That's the first thing. The second thing is that God's not going to bless that thing that you're doing because it's based on your pride and your own abilities, okay? So, I mean, come on. That's what the Bible is all about. It's, you know, it's being submissive. But if your heart is in the right place, God will find a way to use you. Think about it. First, put your heart in the right place seek for holiness try to do the right things the, the small things be faithful in the small things and God will entrust you with the greater things but people they want you know they, they, they just want to you know go, go to the end of the book it's, it's just like reading a book from the end to the beginning no my friends you have to start with the first chapter you have to start fixing your heart and then you put yourself available to whatever God wants you to do. Alright? That that's what we have to do. We have to reserve a part of our heart for some earthly affection. If we reserve a part of our heart for some earthly affection that separates us from God or takes precedence over God, we are not pure. And my friends, that's what everybody does. Everybody does that. You know, you keep a pet sin, you keep a pet affection for something that is not good for you. Get rid of that right now while it's still small. Because the devil will never tell you, okay, come here, you know, this is, go see a prostitute. Because, you know, he knows that you will cringe and say no. But he'll say, no, just take a look, take a peek. On this pornography okay the devil will not tell you oh no go and steal a bank rob a bank okay no he will say you know just take some office material from work and take home you know he always sin always starts small and then grows and grows and grows okay that's that's why you have to you know cut it off when it's small that's the best thing you can do Okay, we have here the seventh, the seventh beatitude, the peacemakers. Okay, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The principle here is reconciliation. Reconciliation, because that's what Jesus did. Okay, how can we be called sons of God when we rejected him? Okay. Adam and Eve, they rejected God when they sinned. They said, you know, whatever. <laughs> I want to do my own thing. You know, the serpent here, he said that eating from this fruit is a good thing. It's a Gnostic, great thing. It's going to give me knowledge. I'm going to be great. You know, so I don't mind, God, what you think. That's what they said. And that's the, and the same sin. We are guilty of the same sin. We are not no better than Adam and Eve. We just replicate what they did over and over and over again. And a thousand times worse. 
So we need reconciliation. When Jesus Christ came to earth and lived a life, a sinless life, and suffered at the cross, my friends, he was opening a door for us. You know, he talks, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, no one comes to the Father except through me. When he says that he's a door, he's a way, you know, what he means is that it's a way for reconciliation to God. You can go back to good terms, to being good terms with God himself through Jesus Christ. That's what he did. God does not want these fragmentations, everybody doing his own thing, one fighting with each other, because that's what happens when sin is present, okay? That's what happens. That, that's why all the utopias here on earth, they don't work. All right, they talk about Marxism, about you know, let's get together, the peace, Rick Warren's peace plan, the United Nations, and they never work. Things only get worse and worse and worse because sin is there. Okay, so that's what we have to do. We have, my friends, to seek this peace, and in order to seek peace, you have to make sacrifices that that's the, the the difficult part you have to take the initiative or at least you have to surrender your quote unquote right of retribution you say i i am not going to you know pay back i'm not i'm going to i surrender my right for revenge I'm, I'm not going to say what this guy deserves, deserves to hear from me. All right? That's how, that's how we, you know, you win peace, peace in your life with other people. It's a sacrifice because you want to go there and tell that guy in his face that he's stupid, that he's a bad person that you were right and he's wrong and maybe I'll tell you he may be wrong you you may be right my friends but are you are you willing to surrender you know this supposed right right to be right you, okay you have to surrender that okay and uh, it, it's a sacrifice it hurts it hurts Right, but that's what God requires from us in order to have peace. In order to have peace, let go. That's what giving the other face is all about. Okay, because you want to punch that person in the nose, but in order to, to you know to achieve peace, you surrender that right of retribution. Are you ready to do that? It's a hard thing to do, but it takes a strong man strong woman to do that very good and finally we have the fourth fourth beatitude in the second group or the eighth beatitude overall those who have been persecuted jesus concluded this group of blessings by saying blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom kingdom of heaven 
Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all things of evil against you falsely on account of me. Because, my friends, I'll tell you, you're an anomaly. You know what an anomaly is? It's something different. Something different in a group. We are anomalies here on this earth. We are different creatures. We are aliens. People don't like to hear about sin. They don't like to even to, to hear the word Jesus. Because, you know, it's, it clicks something inside their minds. Their consciences are, you know, start to bother them. Because deep inside they know that they are not living a good life. And that brings discomfort to their lives. In other words, you are paying their asses. Okay? <laughs> they don't like you. They don't like you because, you know, you break. You destroy the false peace of mind that they have. Just by being a Christian. Sometimes you don't even need to say anything. You don't really need to preach the gospel just by being there. You know, I think the demons inside them, they realize you're a Christian. They can see the Holy Spirit in you. They can see your light, okay? Spiritual light of the Holy Spirit. And they cringe. They shudder. They tremble. And it's like they give that person this hatred and this rejection towards you. And you don't even need to do anything or say anything. How many times I have seen that happen. And, uh, and I'll tell you something that a friend told me. You know, just say, you know, peace of the Lord, peace of Jesus in this, in this situation. I call the peace of Jesus. Oh boy, they don't like that. They don't like that. That's why you have to put on the whole armor of God from Ephesians. It's Ephesians 6, if I'm not wrong. Put on helmet of salvation, okay? The shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. You have to put on the whole armor of God because you're going to be, be attacked. The moment you leave your house, in traffic, sometimes you're shopping, and that person, you look at you, and you can see, you can see the evil inside of them. But you have to remember, you know, that, that you fight. We don't fight flesh and blood. You should feel sorry for that person. Because it's the demons behind them, inside them, they're controlling them and giving them this hatred for you, even when you haven't done anything. Absolutely anything. Okay, my friends, and here Tozer says here in his book, Remember what Jesus said, persecution should be expected. A slave is no, not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. People will treat us as they treated Jesus. And as I said, because we're living in the end times, because the apostasy, because of the separation of goats and sheep, we're seeing this more and more because they don't have to hide behind a facade or a facade. They don't have to hide behind a facade 
of cultural Christianity anymore. They can be who they are. Okay? The universal witness of martyrs and others who have suffered for their faith is knowing that Christ is worth the cost. The first century church knew and accepted this fact. But we as Christians today, we're, oh, what's happening? We're horrified. This should be expected. Second Timothy says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. There is a cost. We're going to reign with God in the millennium. We're going to rule things here, my friends. <laughs> yes. But there's a cost to pay. And we should not, you know, just flee from that cost. We should accept responsibility. Okay? Yes, my friends, those, those Beatitudes, they're all about giving. Because God is the greatest of all givers. And He loves the givers. Okay? He gave the supreme gift. His only begotten Son. The one he gives, that which who gives salvation to us. All perfect gifts are from him. James 1, verse 17. All perfect gifts are from above. Oh, yes. He's the one. You know, he gives you every breath you take. He gives you the food you eat. He's giving you right now one more day in your life. Okay? So, it's all about giving. The, the last Beatitudes. First, my friends, you put yourself in submission and humility to God. And then you start to give back to others what God has given you. All right? Those who show mercy are giving grace to the world. Those who are pure in heart are giving holiness to the world, especially to the church because of your example. Just by being pure and holy, you're, you're, you become a model. Okay? People are drawn to the Lord by your example if you're pure and holy. Because you're so different, you're such an anomaly in this world, that people will stop and think about it. What's different with that person? Okay? The peacemakers, they impart the calming gift of security. They also give holiness to, the, to others. Okay, you fix broken relationships. You bring harmony. You're a giver. And the persecuted, they give all. They give themselves. Oh yes, they give themselves. They give themselves to the world and to God. Okay? That's the, the, the way, my friends. The Beatitudes show us the way God works in our lives. They are so important. That, there is the sec, the, a, sec, a sequence there receive put yourself put yourself in a situation open your heart to god be submissive stop relying on your own strength wait for god to direct you put yourself in a submissive mode and he will direct you you know i'm not saying that that he he will talk to you audibly or anything like that but you know he will take care of you. He will not let you fall into a trap. You know, he will give a mind. Remember that God is all about developing his children. Okay? He's training us in a way. Okay? And even the way 
that you think will be different. Even if it's you who makes the decision, you have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells we have the mind of Christ. So your mind starts to work differently if you put yourself first in a position where you are humble and submissive to God and you fuse yourself with the teachings from the Bible first, okay? Because this is tricky, okay? What I'm telling you here. Because if you try to trust your mind without being submissive to God, you, I mean, you're going to make a mess, all right? You're going to be in big trouble because the heart is wicked and deceitful. But if you if you become submissive to God first and you fuse yourself with the teachings of the Bible, then your mind will help you. You're going to use your mind and you're going to make your decisions and your decisions are going to be good for you and for others. All right? That's the way it works. Do that, my friends. Be submissive. Okay? Accept you know, that you are poor in spirit, that you need God. Do not reject the times of mourning, trying to learn from those hard times. Be meek, treat others kindly. Hunger for righteousness, for the good things. Be merciful toward others. Do not despise people. Be pure in heart. Guard yourself. Guard your heart. Guard your eyes from the evil things in this world, from the culture, a wicked culture. Be a peacemaker. Relinquish your quote-unquote right to revenge. Okay? Accept persecution because it's going to come. That's the lesson of the Beatitudes. I I mean, the whole gospel is there. (laughs) If you think about it, meditate on that. Think about it. That, that's, that's my homework for you this week. I hope you have learned something. I hope that by reading, meditating on, and living the Beatitudes, you can glorify Jesus Christ in your life. You will glorify Jesus Christ in your life. And that's what our life is all about. Thank you very much for your attention. I hope to see you next week, God willing. Bye-bye.